<laughs> You're listening to Tales from the Haunt with Flynn Hendricks and Just Jeff. <laughs> Are you needing some decals made? Maybe some vinyl or monograms? Then you need to go check out my wife's Etsy shop at Decals by Kins. That's K-Y-N-S. Go over to Etsy.com slash shop slash Decals by Kins and you can check that in the show notes as well and see what she's done for other people and see what she can do for you. And I'm speaking from experience here. All of my water bottles, my protein bottles, they all have something that she's printed and put on there and those things last. So if you need something like that for a gift, for your family, for your kids, or even for yourself go check out what she can do for you and as a special treat for my listeners if you use the promo code flynn that's f-l-y-n-n she's even going to get you 10 percent off your order now you can't beat that so go check it out and see what she can do for you and i know you hear me hey everybody this is just jeff and you're listening to another spooktacular episode of tales from the haunt and then there's that other guy that's over here that i think he's asleep right now i'm not really sure but He's um, had, a, had a couple of rough days, you know, work's kicking his butt, you know, that kind of thing. So are, are you over there? No? I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what gave you the authority to tell me what I'm listening to right now. Well, you know, I am a host of this podcast. What does that make me? Also a host of this podcast. And that makes me... That makes me Flynn Hendricks. Yeah, you're Flynn Hendricks. Um, <laughs> and that makes this podcast the, the two-man enterprise. The two-man enterprise? The two-man spooky trip? The two-man... Hang on, hang on. What, what I is like it? spooky trip. Well, see, two-man power trip has already been taken. <laughs> um, the two-man scare fest. Ooh, I like that. Two-man scare fest. God, nobody take that in copyright. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll work on that. Yeah, two-man scare fest. That's what that makes this. Because we're back. We had some periods where life and other obligations and whatnot pulled us apart. You ran off up the interstate and went to Lexington for a convention. As we're recording this, that's in the rearview mirror. As it comes out, that'll be way in the rearview mirror. But the fact of the matter is, we've kept this thing going, and now we're back together. The spooky powers collide. And the world can't stop us. Yep, yep, you're 100% correct about that. You know what else they can't stop us on? I'm I'm listening. Selling merch. Ah, so is this where you want me to be a shill? Yes, yes. Oh, okay, ladies and gentlemen, let me get my best auctioneer voice. <clears throat> let me tell you about our merch. Oh, sorry, that's that's wrestling announcer. My apologies. <laughs> um, well, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, loyal listeners and spooky fanatics of all ages, as Jeff was mentioning, and as you already know, we have merch and merch and merch. And what that means is, if you want an autographed animated 8x10 of just Jeff offering me a dog egg and me politely responding by telling him to get out, words we are not allowed to say in the haunt world, you can email us. We will send one directly to you. We can ship it wherever you are worldwide. If you're a fan of my wrestling endeavors, I have wrestling shirts available. If you want to go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Flynn Hendricks, or if you want to email us, we still have all sizes available from small to 5X. 
we will get you what you want and various designs. And on top of that, too, um, let's go ahead and talk about conventions in here, too, because let's do it. if you have a local convention in your area, whether it's comic-related, anime-related, just entertainment in general, spooky-related, you name it, we want to be there if you want us to be there. And if you don't know if you want us there, let us come and change your mind. Because we will get there, we will have a good time, we'll do some live podcasts, we might even interview you, and just Jeff will like this, we may even have a basket of dog eggs available that you can purchase with various prizes inside once you crack them open. It could be a personalized voicemail shout-out for me since I'm in the voiceover world. I'm a professional wrestler. I was just on SummerSlam as we're recording this. If you want me to call somebody and cut a promo, or film me cutting a promo on you, we can do that. Those are prizes you can win. And then on top of all that, no matter what merch you buy, whatever you get, we are going to make a donation to either the Nashville Humane Society or the Peter Mayhew Foundation with 10% of every sale going to benefit them and the rest going to keep these podcasts that we host afloat. So that sounds like a win-win, but here's the extra little cherry on top there, Jeff. And I know you like the little, the little accoutrement across the top. There's your $5 fancy word for the day. I don't know what that means. It means it's something very special. Oh, okay. Because our listeners will get something very special if they are kind enough to support this show. We will give them a shout-out on social media and on this podcast to our growing worldwide audience if they take a picture with the merch they get or rocking the shirt they buy, whatever it may be, or if they take a picture with us at one of these conventions and tag us on social media. So yes, we're asking you to follow us on all social media platforms. Do it. That way you can tag us. We will give you a shout-out on there so all of our followers know that you're one of the cool ones. And then we'll also give you a shout-out so people worldwide will know your name. And yes, we are worldwide. Those numbers keep going up. So that's a win-win if you want to be famous. But, mm -hmm. um, man, Jeff, I feel like it's about time to get back into it. But there's one other thing we've got to do before we do that. There's actually two other things that we got to do. Oh, forgive me. I miscounted. First, we have to remind you all, to like and subscribe both of our podcasts mm. and also go back into the archives and listen to them. If you've not listened to us, if this is your first time listening to us, thanks. And we hope you come back for more. And then secondly, we're going to take a quick pause for this week's show sponsor, Elise Bowman. Hi, I'm Will Harridge and I'm an audio engineer, but you would not believe the amount of mediocre voice actors I get in on the daily. It's scary. Honestly, I always want to recommend them to Elise Bowman, who's the best voice acting coach I know, but I'm always afraid I'm going to offend them and be out of a job. Thankfully, I send the best ones over to her anyway over at EliseCoaches.com, and they keep coming back. Hi, I'm one of the mediocre talents that Will has to work with, and really, I'm thinking about looking up Elise myself. Go look at Elise Coaches today and start your career without ending mine. What he said. And we're back, and ladies and gentlemen, I am going to pass the mics over to that man with the smooth audio baritone, the man himself that makes these shows sound so pretty. We're going to let his voice do the introduction for our guest and do it justice. Just Jeff, the mic is in your hand. Can I really do it justice? I don't know. You tell me. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you. Prove me wrong. So we're just going to jump right into this. Our guest tonight has been in the haunt world for 15 plus years is a trained actor singer dancer and is now a professional drag queen has also been featured twice 
in the Hunters Against Hate book, Hunters Against Hate, we love you, Paul Lanner. You're an awesome person. <laughs> Flynn, you're doing that over there, and it's just throwing me off. Hey, you're still succeeding. Make it happen, Jeff. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, tonight I would tonight today this evening what what part of the day is this? I don't know. There there may be a sun out there, but we're at the witching hour, Jeff. We're doing this, all right? <laughs> we got the we got that magical board out. We summoned today's guest. It's time. Oh yeah, the guest is here. So tonight, without further ado, I'm going to give you Luis Vallejo. Luis, how are you doing tonight? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Amazing. And thank you for being here. It's it's such an honor to have you here, and I've been excited to have you uh, on the show tonight. Thank you. So I'm just going to dive right back into it, um, and just we're going to go all the way back to the beginning here. As Basically, as I said, you know, you have 15 years in the haunt experience or in the haunt industry. So what what drew you into everything spooky with, with the haunted houses and things like that? Well, everything kind of started when I was uh, very young, when I kind of started to get into watching horror films. Um, as strange as it is, my first one that I really recall watching was the, the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, okay. And so after seeing all those really cool practical effects, I just wanted to figure out how everything was done and kind of... Looking back onto that, I was like five or six, and so I was kind of a strange kid. Like, hey, how were they able to do all of this? And so, um, getting into practical effects led me to haunted houses, and led to a really long creative co career. Oh, that's that's awesome! And you say it led you to haunted houses, so you you enjoyed going to haunted houses. And the reason why I asked that question is because a lot of our guests have actually been terrified of going to haunted mm -hmm. houses when they were younger. So I'm just trying to, you know, see if you're one of those or if, or if you actually enjoyed it. Oh, I lo love every second. Um, the first one I went to, I believe was in um, my neighborhood's like someone's garage. Oh, cool. Which is kind of... <laughs> A sketchy now <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was just so cool and then went to multiple like fundraiser ones and then one kind of popped up for me to be an actor and so i kind of you know jumped he head first and the first year i was very young um i went from being an actor to kind of being a tour guide type of deal because it was a um haunted trail okay so that just kind of spiked the whole weird macabre uh, obsession nice yeah. and what was it that love too especially you know like you mentioned uh nightmare on elm street was it that that also made you want to you know not only get into the the world of haunts and scare acting but made you want to get into acting in general um so i actually started um being on stage when I was like two or three. Wow. Um, so doing all that stuff was just kind of a, a second home. And so whenever it was the transition from your traditional shows to haunt, it was just a very natural tr transition. Absolutely. And then this is a question I've gotten a lot too, um, especially because I went from, you know, professional wrestling 
back into acting and voice acting specifically and then improv into scare acting, did you find that your experiences in one helped you with the other and then once you like were doing both, did you find that they kind of had so many similarities that it was just like a smooth transition to bring everything together? Oh, by far. Um, kind of the interesting thing is the more I dove into doing haunt acting and dark inter entertainment, it allowed me to kind of give a deeper dive into the mind of the characters that I would play on stage. And so just, oh, correction, instead of just doing A, B, C, and D for the lines, I was able to understand their reactions to people and how they would be able to move. So I just became from a traditional actor to a character actor. And I so that it. kind of drastically changed how I thought. I, I, that yeah. hits home. I love that. It does. And it, it <laughs> And I've heard that from so many people, and even with Flynn, he's also told me that um, with his acting experience and things like that, it was able, or he was able to um, be better at character development with the characters that he wanted because of his improv background and things like that. And, and the oh, biggest yeah. thing there, and anybody, anybody that's taken improv will tell you too, that it's the ability to think on your feet. And when you make that snap decision, because if they can throw you a curveball, a fastball, a slow ball, whatever, but when you catch that ball, you have to make that decision on the spot and you have to commit to it. I mean, same with the wrestling background, because if you don't believe what you're doing or even in a haunt scenario where you're in a room surrounded by all things that look terrible and you're in a, the full costume, if you don't believe in what you're doing, your audience will pick up on that and they are not going to give two rat turds about what you're doing if they feel that you don't give two rat turds. So it, exactly. it definitely helps you commit to that character, have a better understanding of where they're coming from and how they would interact in this scenario while still being authentic to you bringing that character to life. Yes. Flynn, Flynn I'm, I'm taking that comment that you just said kind of personal. Which one? Um, I've never had improv acting, and I think that shows whenever I was trying to open the show up and we had to delete some stuff out. That's part of the learning process, Jeff. <laughs> we all start somewhere, man. That's all it is. So don't beat yourself up. I will chop you if you don't. No, no thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> all right, back to our regularly scheduled questions. Jeff, take us away. So um, at what point when you was in, in haunting did you decide that you wanted to try to uh, take on the career of professional drag? Well, I've only been doing drag for about five years. Wow. And it kind of started because someone that I worked with did drag and, and haunt. Um, they created this like a very intricate, over the top drag nun. And that kind of like inspired me because be, being someone who is gay, I was able to kind of see, hey, this is a new outlook the person just so happened to also host shows. Wow. And so about a year or two after that, I decided to try drag for the first time and I haven't stopped since. <laughs> and that's, that's awesome. I love that. Um, you know, I actually, and, and I will openly admit this. I have ne had never been to a drag show before until I went to Haunters Against Hate, the event too. 
and yes, I made some amazing friends up there that were actually the drag queens and drag kings there, and I've been in contact with them ever since. Um, actually reached out to one of them the other day because RuPaul was in town doing a show at the Ryman in Nashville. I was trying to get us all in and and timing and things didn't work out. You know, that was, that is what it is. But um, have you ever done one of the Haunters Against Hate shows? Um, I have not because it is kind of far because um, I live in Southeast uh, uh, Georgia and work in Northeast uh, uh, Florida. Um, But Paul has asked me out there multiple times. is just trying to get like logistics to work understandable yeah, yeah. understandable that's and you know living that far away and driving and whatnot you know is uh is always the uh the burden to jump over or the uh the hurdle to jump over should i say right so um and let me ask you this since since you know you you put it out there a minute ago um was was there well let me refer, let me start over with that we have mentioned <laughs> several times in the haunt industry um, that we have a huge diverse group of different people from religious backgrounds and, mm-hmm. and how they stand. Um, uh, I'm, lo- I'm losing a track of thought now, <laughs> but how, it, how it's such a diverse group and it all comes together. Yes. It, thank it's you for like explaining. everybody. It doesn't matter what your background is. There's a very strong family atmosphere. Yes. Those, is that the words you were looking yes, for? It is. Um, my question is, is, um, at any point, did you ever feel, um, I'm not going to say shunned away, but you know, like kickback from any of the haunts or anything that you've ever worked for, for being, you know, openly gay in the community? Um, so as, as strange as it is, whenever I first actually came out, I did kind of take a break from the haunt world because I was dealing with it with my own, well, well, demons per se. Yeah. And whenever I c- came back into the world, I found a, a, a new haunt, a, n- a new group. And from day one, they were just always opening and accepting, which was a huge relief. And then whenever I moved from my old haunt to the last haunt that I worked for, I was open that I was gay. I was known by almost everyone there from the work that I've done in the past and as a a drag queen. So I was welcomed in open arms. There were a few times when I did drag in Haunt and they all loved it. That's cool. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, so what was that like to, to do drag as a Haunt character for you? How did that, how did that uh, come about? I guess I would say. Um, well, the first time that I did that, it was kind of me testing ha- if I liked the haunt because I stepped away from the old one. And most of the, the cast who did not know me before were able to see my drag persona covered in blood as a weird nurse. Uh, wow. And, That's awesome. Oh, yeah. And they were so receptive and they talked to me and then whenever I came back a, a, a full time as a lead they were always anxious hey are you gonna get in drag tonight <laughs> if you are gonna get in drag what's the look going to be and I was a uh, very uh, fortunate that the uh, special effects team there 
loved everything that I did for drag. And so we were able to work on some fun looks. That That's awesome. I, I really like how you took two things that you were passionate about and blended those together to make something, you know, very creative that I'm sure there was a lot of people at the time that had not seen that, but because you done it, it, it opened their mind more to it and they, they really enjoyed it and loved it. Right. Oh yeah. Um, the owner, well, the, um, yeah, the owner of the Han at the time, cause we have unfortunately closed, um, prior to that, it's not necessarily that he was homophobic. He just came from a very small town. He didn't really have an interaction with someone who was gay. Okay. And so okay. he told me halfway through, through the season, it's not that I dislike people who are gay. It's just, I didn't know how to act around them, but having you here and talking to you and seeing the drag that you do, my opinion has genuinely changed that and and good for him for that i mean yes that's that's a really for for some and especially being in tennessee for someone that's grown up in a small knit community that's a and let's face it we're in the bible belt in tennessee um yes that that you know that that type of lifestyle is looked down upon and things like that um it's it's really hard for somebody that's not been around that to accept it so the fact that oh, yeah. the fact that you know he came to know you as a person and not just an actor and is accepting of that is just amazing on his behalf. Absolutely, and it shows a strong level of growth and willingness to be open and grow to that. Which, Absolutely. Let's just go ahead and say it. I'll be public enemy number one. It's 2022 right now, and more people need to learn to be that way. Let's just go yep. ahead and call Agreed. it a spade a spade. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Absolutely, and I'm I'm glad you actually said that, Glenn. I I deal with stuff like that every day. My my older brother is gay, and it, it's stupid because I just remember what he went through when he went through his coming out phase, and it was hard. It was very hard, and sometimes you know the person that's there for you is the person that takes the brunt of all the emotions that person has pent up and all the frustration. And seeing him go through that is something that I never want to see anybody else go through because it was hard for him. It was very hard. And again, we're in 2022. You should, we should not be judging people based off their sexual preferences, their orientation, their religion, their beliefs. As long as they are not harming someone or putting you or anyone else in physical danger, let them be. If you don't agree with their lifestyle, look the other way, be an adult, yes. accept the person for who they are. And who knows you may find your best friend from someone you thought you wouldn't like because you disagreed with their, you know, with their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Called, it's called being an adult folks, be an open-minded adult. <laughs> anyway, back to our regularly scheduled spooky program. I'm done solving the world's problems for free tonight. Perfect. So, so I know whenever I first reached out to you or you reached, you had actually reached out to me about being on the show. Um, you'd actually said that you, uh, you said this in past tense. You said you was a haunter for about 15 years. So are you not uh, currently working in a haunt? Um, I am not the haunt. Well, the last haunt that I worked for, unfortunately, had to close our dungeon doors uh, back in, I believe, 2018. Uh, just dealing with logistics of the owners and the funds. 
so I haven't been able to find like the right home. So I've just been kind of focusing on my my personal life and then the weird creative creature that has become my drag persona. <laughs> I, I like how, I like how you say it's a it's a more of a creature than it is a, a character or a uh, oh, yeah. drag queen. <laughs> Absolutely. And that that's so fascinating too. But the one thing that really that gets me is the length of time, you know, a, a decade and a half of, of being in the haunt world, how did you keep yourself engaged and motivated through all that and, and not get to the point of burnout? Because we've talked on this show, especially as you get closer to Halloween, the the ever-famous Hell Week or whatever other haunts may call it comes <laughs> into play, where you're working five, six, seven days a week at the haunt on top of real life and, you know, nine to five jobs we have to pay the bills outside of that. How did you maintain that balance and maintain your love of what you were doing and, you know, hopefully avoid burnout at the same time? How did that happen for you? Well, I, I kind of like to tell people first get, getting into haunt because at the old haunt, I taught people who were brand new, taught people who were still kind of green. And I'm, my joke was, well, I'm really mentally uh, unstable, so I need an unstable life to make me feel kind of good. That that evens out. The, the, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel that in my bones. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that, that, make, that makes perfect sense. And, um, you know, the, the fact that you were able to acknowledge that and then just be in that wild, wacky world that kind of fit everything together what was so fascinating. But, like, at certain times, too, like because I know I, I made joke posts about it, but if you ever felt like you were, you know, getting to that point of exhaustion or getting to a point where it was just like, I, I don't know if I can get through it, but the red light goes on, you get through the show, you get through the night, then you have that adrenaline dump at the end. What was your What was your method to recharge your batteries to either come back the next night for the next show or the next week and start the process over again? Well, as kind of strange as it was, or still is because it's going to kind of relate back into drag, is that I don't perform and entertain for myself. I do it for the people who come through the, the, the doors because my kind of mindset is, Maybe, yes, the uh, entry fee to the event was only five bucks. Right. But what if that's the person's last five bucks? Do they, they deserve a bad show because I'm tired? Or do right. they, they deserve the best show that I am able to, to give them regardless? That makes perfect sense. Yep. And that that's actually very, very similar to a mentality... Uh, when when I was starting out in wrestling before, you know, things on the independent level picked up and boomed again, you know, they would come back and say, hey, guys, there may be only five or ten people in the crowd, which is very depressing when you think about it. But yeah. do you want to cheat those people that may tell more people to come back the next week? And, you know, do you want to give them a bad show? Or since they paid their money, <laughs> do you want to give them that best performance, even if you're having a bad day? You know, so I, I, I get that 100%. Right. Yeah, and and I'm with you right there, 100%. Flynn, it's it's it it doesn't matter if it's the first group of the night or the last group of the night. 
you still give, you know, a hundred percent to all of them just, just because they all want the same show. Absolutely. Whether you're tired yeah. or not, you've still got to give that to them. Um, That's it. So, you know, my next question would be kind of a follow-up to my previous one. Do you ever see yourself finding that home haunt again? Or have you ever considered the fact of maybe becoming a, um, a guest actor for other haunts and becoming a travel actor? Um, I would absolutely love to find a, a new haunt home. The issue is that the haunts that are currently within my space aren't the, the right fit because either I'm going to sound kind of de- bougie, either they're not up to the standard that I hold myself or they spend their funds in a one set versus the other. So as far as finding a permanent home, probably not where I'm at now. And as far as like traveling to be an actor, the closest sector of haunts um, outside of where I'm at is maybe like three hours away. And trying to do that on top of my human job is kind of hard. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Unfortunately, we still have to adult, even though we love all things spooky, right? I was lied to about what being an adult would be like. I want a refund. Agreed. <laughs> uh, if only that was possible. Technically, you're getting your refund when you go to work, though. Actually, you know what? I want a refund with interest. Ooh. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there's three of us coming for that, so somebody better pay up. <laughs> so I have I try to do this little segment on every show with all of our guests um, where we kind of have our go-to questions that, you know, we ask every guest. Um the, you know, so we can get everybody's take on how the how the haunt experience and things have been for them. Um, and, you know, it, it, ama- it still amazes me that almost every answer we have gotten have been either really, really close or identical or just way apart from each other. Mm-hmm. We've had those that's oh, been okay. almost worded perfectly the same. And then we have some that's just completely crazy. But Spooky I'm actually plagiarism. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to throw an extra one in there. Um, a, a good friend and uh, a past guest of ours actually gave me this one. Uh, she actually asked me this the other day for our haunt. And the first question that I want to ask you is, what is something that before you got into the haunt industry that you wish someone had told you about the haunt industry so you would have been more prepared? That's a list. Um, I would definitely have to say kind of the first thing is the community and the, the family. I never truly understood that by joining a haunt or joining the world of haunt that you would be, involved with people throughout the year well like i said my last haunt closed in 2018 i still talk to the cast a bunch of them still come to my shows i go go to their shows to their birthdays to weddings and so just having that system was something that i never expected you know you say that's really funny and right after me saying that 
answers to questions are almost identical or similar <laughs> to each other. That is exactly how I answered the same question to uh, Caitlin. So that, that's, okay. that's, I mean, it's the camaraderie. I, that, that's what I'm here for. Don't get me wrong. Yes. I love haunting. I love scaring the pants out of people or off of people. If people are having pants come out of them, they got problems. Uh, there, <laughs> there's a joke there. <laughs> yeah, there is a joke there. Um, but you know, um, I'm, I'm here for my haunt family, you know, at any point in time, uh, anybody from the haunt can reach out to me. We go hang out. Um, several of them that I know I go visit them at work, restaurants, wherever, you know, that's, that's what I'm here for is, is having that tight knit group that I can stay in contact with throughout the entire year, which is, you know, I'm not going to say sadly, but that's where I met this guy that's sitting next to me. And, and, you know, we're still here (laughs) talking. So this is true. I mean, I was just a little wall ornament there. I just sat in the corner and slept off or tried to get in the mood of getting ready to go when the red light was on and forget about what happened during the week. So that's true. Cause that's how we met. Yeah, it really is. Um, you and that big old seven guy sitting back there in the corner and I just walked up and said, Hey, I'm, I'm Jeff, you know, don't don't give him free press on this show. This ain't his show, Jeff. Oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> but since you uh, since you mentioned me, I want to ask uh, one of our go to questions here, and mine is going to be: if you had any advice that you could give to anyone who is considering being a scare actor, what would it be? Or actually, let's go with an actor in general too. Maybe a a one A one B scare actor, or just an actor in general. What would your advice be to them? Um, that's kind of a, a, a very, a, a long list because I've been doing this for so long. Right. I've seen, um, not necessarily mistakes, but make sure that you, uh, uh, stay hydrated by all means. I've dealt with, uh, heat stroke. I've seen people fall out because they forget to drink because, oh, I'm a six foot nine early guy i'll be fine and then the next second they're out um the next thing is monsters and energy drinks aren't food facts (laughs) Mm -hmm. um i know as much as like we all thrive on energy drinks you need actual food and don't be afraid to look stupid and that goes for drag and on stage and especially for haunt. If you're so concerned with being this prestigious person, if you don't do things that'll make you think that, that you look uh, stupid or weird, you're going to miss a huge opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And that actually goes back to a piece of advice somebody had actually given me when I first started my haunt career. And that was, if you don't feel stupid or you don't feel weird or out of, you know, form or uncomfortable with what you're doing, um, you're do- not doing it right. You've, you've got to, because you're in a dark room. If you're not doing something that feels kind of weird or out of shape with your body, then more than likely that person, can, the people that are walking through can't even see you. Absolutely. Right. So, and the harder you try to not be in that moment or not be stupid, the stupider you actually look and not in a good way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's one more thing that I want to add to your answer to that question actually is, um, 
you was talking about how people don't properly hydrate and they don't eat before haunting and things like that um, is they come freshly into a haunt not knowing what to expect and they want to scream their ever-living head off. Nay, nay. <laughs> um, I witnessed someone actually make their vocal cords bleed in their first night of haunting because they yeah. didn't take care of their voice properly. So, you know, that's that's not good at all. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, yeah. Um, and a, a bit of advice from people who are either new or have been doing it for a, a while. Uh, a cough drops are going to be a huge help. Absolutely. And there is a throat spray that um, helps hi- hydrate your, your vocal cords, all of that. Don't use anything that, like, hums the throat. Yes. Because sometimes being able to feel it hurts is a good sign. Um, it's a spray called Entertainer's Secret. Yes. It hydrates everything. Um, the sounds that I ma- made through Haunt, I use a lot of the uh, soft palette. And so I'm able to kind of spray it into my nose too. And it just makes sure that everything is hydrated and lubricated. Absolutely. And then on top of that too, guys, let's go ahead and say it right now. I've ran down a list of some other items that I use. There's throat coat lozenges. There's throat coat tea. There's Ninjam Papacola, um, you know, syrup that you can mix with your tea. It's great for your throat. I use it for voiceover. And on top of that too, Here's some advice that I was given. I have seen people not take it and end up, again, in these situations that we have talked about. They have ruined their voiceover careers to the point that they can't do it anymore because they took a voice that they couldn't maintain for hours on end and find the proper placement in their throat or in their diaphragm, wherever it may be, to maintain that voice for extended periods of time. And they blew themselves out. They blew their vocal cords out and were not able to recover from that. So you need to be aware of what your limitations are, and you need to work on these voices if you have them and can do them properly. Build up your strength. It's like exercising. Get the repetitions in. Build that up. Add it to your repertoire and know your limits. And on top of that, too, hydrate and do warm-ups, whether it's singing, whatever it may be. You don't just start screaming. You have to build yourself up. You have to know your limitations. Yeah, and... I'll be honest with you. Um, I've been doing this, you know, for just about as long as you have, if not a little bit longer, um, I've around 16, 17 years now. Um, but last year, even, uh, I didn't take care of my voice and I actually blew my voice out and I had to go into oh, no. the people that place us. And I was like, you know, with, with my voice sounding horrible, I was like, Hey, you've got to put me in a speaker's care tonight. Like I can't do it. <laughs> So, you know, and it, it's true. It happens to the best of us because we don't take care of ourselves, or we get overly confident and knowing, oh, I'm going to be fine. And then guess what? No, you're not. Or, I mean, let's just, let's like use this year, for example, when we had one of our Friday the 13th shows, we were at the start of our heat wave. It was in the nineties. Your surroundings yeah. will also impact that as well, because I was dehydrated by the end of the night. And that was after two gallons of water throughout the day plus what I brought with me to the haunt. So be aware of all of that and know your limits, know your limitations, and take care of your body overall because it all plays a bigger part in your vocal in your vocal repertoire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I want to say this real quick. I'm so glad that you have expressed things that we have said 
you know, me and him says it on the show all the time. And it's, it's basically like the parent children thing where we say it and people don't listen, but if somebody else says it, you know, maybe they take it as truth. Uh, our, of course. Our, our big thing with this show is that we help educate people for one about being haunters, um, whether it's new, young, old, advanced, however you want to look at it. Um, the fact that you hit on some of the same things that we've, we've discussed, you know, it just, it just strengthens that, you know, you're in Georgia, we're in Tennessee, but haunters everywhere have the same mindset of let's do what we do. Let's do it efficiently, but let's do it safely and take care of ourselves. Yes. Because I've seen people fall out on night 15 or night one. If you run yourself into the ground it's not good for you, let alone the, the haunt. The individual person needs to come before the needs of the haunt. Yeah, and, and that's so true because if you've got a actor staff of 75 to 80 actors in, in the haunts and then half of them fall out before the halfway point of the night, which you know is normally about four hours, so if half of them fall out in two hours, then what do you got? You, you'd right. you got a cool building with a bunch of cool scenes then yeah so that is it that. Yeah. <laughs> and man normally jeff i know your next question is typically my favorite but i think Luis just made that question my favorite that we're going to be asking overall but that's just I, i'm a little biased but <laughs> we've, we've got one more question for him before the fun really begins which Ooh. question is that or do you want me to ask it? yeah because i'm drawing a blank on what question you're asking, ah. we're talking about Caught you slacking on the job, Jeff. You did. Hold on, hold on. (laughs) So this question that we typically ask is, what is your favorite scare that you've had throughout your time as a scare actor? It can be one that was you saw happen or one that you did to a, you know, to a patron. What would that be for you? Damn it. I missed my moment. (laughs) (laughs) Can I actually have a top two? Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Um, Because I can't pick between these two so the old haunt that i i worked for um i'll I'll just kind of throw it out there we're closed the the uh, uh, owners don't mind was um warehouse 31 unleashed and we would get um closer to halloween in jacksonville uh, uh uh florida we would have the Georgia Florida game, a huge co- college thing. The whole town would be taken over by the normal folk. Um, and so we would get f- football players come through with the news. Everyone from, well, I mean, I would say a, a well known, but I don't know anything about sports. Sports <laughs> Just ball. enough to sports talk smack. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had this one football player come through with the the news. The dude was like six eight, like four hundred pounds. He was a big dude, and we had a small slide just to kind of transition from one part to an uh, another. And my actress that there was kind of hesitant to like chase them because of the the news. I don't care. So I full <laughs> on darted down the slide as I just screamed at him. I have never seen a guy that size run that fast. 
Like he amazing. full on just booked it. He almost knocked down a person holding the 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 the, the camera. It was hilarious. So that, that I mean that kind of proves it right there. Fear does not discriminate based off size, weight, occupation, nothing. Size of the muscles you have, which then again, I mean, if he had those 24-inch pythons and you see him barreling through, just get out of the way. But, I mean, oh, God, way, yeah. that's, that, that's amazing. <laughs> and then again, even, you remember Justin. He'd done the exact same thing with the Tennessee Titans players. Well, that's probably about the only successful run they made that season. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I live Perfect. here. They broke my heart several times. I don't care anymore. <laughs> but you can still sponsor on this show, Tennessee Titans. By all means, slide in my DMs. <laughs> all right. Hint, so hint. so fav- favorite scare number two. Um, I was new to being a professional uh, a hunter. Um, and, oh, Lord, I think, I think it was my first year actually there. This was back in... 2012 2013 range and um my my whole space i loved the space it was completely filled in dense fog there was a really strong uh uh, a light so you couldn't see anything um i adapted so i was able to see through the strobe and the fog and so when people would come through I would pop out out of nowhere in a uh, a bright room. Well, scared someone so bad she went into labor. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that... like full on. I uh, 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 popped out, scared her. She stopped when I need to leave. I need to leave now. I'm like, okay, sure. People are always like get me out of here. She looked at me, she goes, no, my water just broke. The floor suddenly became very slippery. There was a slip hazard. There was a baby crying. That's, you know, <laughs> we've so, had, a, we've had a lot of bodily functions come up on this one, but I think that's the first time we've ever heard of, yeah, I that, made somebody's water break. That tops the list. Jeff, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at everybody else that had a bodily function issue. Step up your game. You've been challenged. And so, um, uh, uh, following then at the hot because we have you know your codes your code brown code uh, 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 yellow our Kelly's favorite code yellow uh, anyway perfect <laughs> because of that we had a brand new code fetus <laughs> oh my god oh my god that is amazing oh <laughs> and that was all because of you. I think we have yes. to, we, we can't rename this episode. We can't name this episode "Tales from the Haunt Luis Vallejos." We have to name it "Tales from the Haunt Code Fetus." Perfect. <laughs> Jeff, hold me to that. My God, that, that is amazing! And I never thought I would hear those two words together. But good <laughs> Lord Almighty, that is fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> Hashtag code fetus. Perfect. <laughs> oh. oh, man, this has been amazing. I don't know if we can top that or not, but um, we're damn sure going to try because... I, I, th- I think it's time. You know, for about the last hour or so, we've been throwing a lot of questions Luis's way, but now it's time for him to throw a few our way, and 
You know, we could treat it like a like a blackout where we're just kind of wandering in aimlessly. We don't know what we're going to be walking into here. But he's going to have the choice of either throwing two questions meant for both of us out or two questions for each of us individually. Whatever he feels and whatever tickles his haunter fancy, he is willing to throw and throw our way. We are at his mercy. So, Luis, the floor is yours, my friend. So, this is kind of, well, they're both going to be before you both okay just to kind of see how you're going to respond what is one thing that you wish more haunts did i, I think i'll answer this one first um i i'm a big boundaries guy i believe that mm -hmm. i believe that in order to properly scare someone you got to get into their head very early in the hunt when they walk through the door. And I think I, I wish that more haunts would push more boundaries. And I don't mean physical boundaries. I mean like emotional and mental boundaries with, um, the people that come in the house. Um, you know, like making them uncomfortable, filling out of element, um, a character I've brought up many, many times that I've always wanted to do is, a um adult baby in a diaper and have snickers in the back so it makes it look you know uh really uncomfortable for people that like cue line and things like that getting real close to them eating the snickers off my hands that kind of thing pudding whatever you want to use but i, I think <clears throat> that even even with cue line you've got to you've got to get in their head early enough that whenever they go in the house they're already freaked out Oh yeah, and kind of to relate to that, um, I did a routine in drag. The song was called uh, a, Dir a Dirty Diaper. And so <laughs> I had a diaper with like a frosting. And so I did the routine where I was like eating out of the, the diaper and I made people give me a tip before I left them. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I love it. That's then. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You've got <laughs> to be able genius. to keep oh, yeah. your hands. That is genius. And I guess, um, realistically, my answer, um, I'm going to include some things that we have talked about. I know some some haunts may do, but it's not something that you tend to see on a more national level. Or if it is, forgive me for speaking out of turn, but I would like to see it where the haunts have special nights throughout the season that may attract yeah. crowds that may not come in. Like, you could have a drag show one weekend. We've talked about having a wrestling ring on the midway. Have yep. a wrestling show. Have a concert. Have something. Or even have, like, a kid's night where kids can go into, like, a little, a little section like they do at a pumpkin patch, and they can have their entertainment while the parents go in the big house because the parents may not get to come because their kids are, you know, they can't get a babysitter. You know, like there, there's right. so many different possibilities that can bring in more crowds and clientele that may not get that opportunity to come because they just don't know what's there or they may not have the opportunity. Oh, yeah. If if we do something with with the kids like you're talking about, can we one either call it the kitty cage or kitty hell? Um, <laughs> and two, can they have their own um, form of Q line actors around them? I don't know if uh, if 
well, never mind. I'm not going to make that joke. I don't want to get sued by the PC police. Um, yeah, I, I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know. But um, there are possibilities. And I mean, and on top of that, too, there's so many different things that could be done there. But I, I'm oh, just yeah. spitballing those off the top of my head. But there's so many different ways you could do that just to make it a fun family experience. Yeah. You know? But yeah, that's, that's my answer. I'm sticking to it. Awesome. And then... This may be kind of controversial, but on the reverse, what what is one thing that a lot of haunts do that you kind of wish they would stop? Chainsaws. <laughs> Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I hate them so much. That yeah, I I would agree with that one, and um. Man, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else that I've seen that's been played out, but yeah, I think it's I think it's chainsaws. Yeah, I I I understand having one in the haunt. That's fine. You can have one. That's acceptable. There's a lot of people that are scared of power tools. I get it. Um, but when you have like six, I have been to haunts that have literally had six chainsaws running inside the haunts and at a certain point it just feels like you're being chased by a leaf blower i mean it's yes. just like okay here you are again you know it's just you know one like i said one chainsaw works um especially at the end of the night when you're trying to close the gates and you want to chase people out you just start the chainsaw and run after them they run out the gate and you're you're good to close yep you know i but, mean it's it's literally that old analogy that when you see, man, I'm going to get very graphic and forgive me for being, you know, a little bit crude here, but oh no, you know, that, that whole analogy, Hey, there's two elephants going at it in the parking lot. Everybody's going to want to go see that because you've never seen two elephants getting it on. But if it happens again, <laughs> okay, I might go check it out. The more times it's happening, the more times somebody invites it to you, the more you get desensitized to it because you've seen it. What else is new? What's going to, you know, wrestling again. Every match does a body slam. Every match does the same roll-up or pin or whatever. Why are mm -hmm. they going to care if they've seen it that many times before? Make it something different. Less is more. Yes. I agree. Mm -hmm. All right. I mean, I, solving world and haunt problems all in the same <laughs> week. Where are these royalties we're waiting on? Why are we not getting paid for this? <laughs> not just, yet. I just had to run to the window to see if there was two elephants outside. No, no. <laughs> I don't know if you want to call any of my neighbors. Oh, Jeff, don't get us in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Elephants don't lay eggs, Flynn. <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> anyway, oh, good God. Before we get off on another tirade there, man, that was, that was fun. I, I like that question because I think that's the first time... We've been asked either of those questions. It, it is, I believe so. And really? I, yeah. I love being put on the spot like that because it really makes you think and it really makes it makes you approach it from a very unique and different place. I love that. It does. <laughs> and again, I mean, let's just say, like, it's not wrong if a haunt is doing something like that or if it makes sense to have something in a scene. These are just our opinions. But it's what we as scare actors have seen or experienced, or for me personally being the one with a chainsaw that sometimes didn't even want to cooperate and start it. You yes. know, th th there's my opinion on it. That's, I, that's where I'm speaking from. 
Oh yeah, and especially with like chainsaws as a whole, unless you're extremely good with improv, if it dies or it won't start, and you're just sitting there just kind of like pulling the string, you're gonna uh, uh, look dumb. When you get dog egg on your face, you sure will. Right? (laughs) And so what I've seen an actor do, I know this may be faux pas, but at um, Halloween Horror Nights in Orlando, this girl's chainsaw would not start to save her life, so she started chasing people down just screaming, chainsaw. (laughs) Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, yeah, and the whole time I'm like, okay, good save. And see, that, that beats my idea of just chucking it at them. Yeah. You want to laugh at me? I mean, huh! oh, there's my rotator that's, cuff. Uh, that's also a saw, I think. A saw, a chainsaw. <laughs> there's a, there's another one. Oh, I'm done for the night. So and and I've actually been the chainsaw guy once, and I had that same thing mm-hmm. happen. It didn't start. So and I and I used one that had a really big bar on it. I think it was about a 24 inch bar. So I just kind of dropped my head and just drug the bar behind me as I was walking away from the group. And the group was just like, aww. <laughs> oh, man. Well, oh, this has been fun. It, it really has. It has. Can't say it enough. Thank you so much for, you know, taking the time to not only book that far in advance with us, but be willing to come here and be flexible with the rescheduling that we had to do due to different life events and things happening. But just coming on here and being an absolute joy to interview. This was an absolute blast. Oh, thank you. Of course, of course. Was there anything that you want to leave our audience with before we wrap it up here tonight? Um, kind of. Um, something that I kind of tell people, whether if it's a show that I host, because it's past a, a weekend, I um, hosted an event in front of, oh, Lord, I think it was over, like, 3,000 people. Um, regardless if your audience is 3,000 or three for a moment, take them out of the stress and, and worries of their, their, their life, bring them into the world that you created. That way you two are able to share just a, a moment. I love it. I love it. That's, that's amazing. Amazing. Like I've, I've got no words for that. That's it's just that <laughs> I mean, it's just that deep, and I absolutely love it. Uh, before yeah. before we go any further, though, I have to say, I can't believe you let me forget this, Flynn. This I put this on oh. you completely. You're a grown man. Um, you know the one and most major thing about this episode tonight. This episode is episode one of season three. Oh wow! Oh, so I'm fancy. Was... Wow. Okay, folks, that, that that tells you right there that not only do we bring the fanciest of fancy guests on this show, covered in fancy sauce, <laughs> but time still has no meaning in this world we live. This is all a blur right now because so many things are going on, so many plates are spinning in the air. We're juggling. Jeff's juggling goats. If you get that reference, good on you. If you don't, go back in the archives. But that, that's just how crazy that is that these milestone moments are like are happening 
and we're just trying to get through it. Like, that's how crazy things are right now. So that just... Okay, I will take shame on that, Jeff. I'll get you. I'll give you that one. Shame on me. But man, yeah. So thank you for helping us start this season off the right way. Thank you. Oh Luis. yeah, absolutely. This is my a, pleasure. It's been a good episode. Lucky I've, I've number really three. It. Man, oh, yeah. that is a blast. Well, Jeff, you want to take us on home and close the haunt? Close the haunt. Yeah, the haunt's closing down. I, I don't like closing the haunt. I like spooky stuff. I hate it. Well, everybody's got to go home for the night. You can't go home. Well, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> but I, I basically live here, though. Well, we don't have you a bed set up yet. Oh, okay. Maintenance well, doesn't like well, that. I think I'm going to let you handle this one. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> if you want to get connected with Luis, we are going to have everything that he's got going on in the show notes. You know how to get connected with us. We make it easy for you. It's right there in the show notes. If you want to advertise your haunt, event, services, products, whatever it may be on this show, slide into those DMs. And if you haven't already, check the show notes for information on that. You want information on my coaching services that I offer, information in the notes on that. You need decals, vinyl, anything about that that my wife can help you out with. Link to her Etsy store and everything that she's got going on in the show notes. Discount code Flynn still gets you 10% off. And if you just want to get connected and get that Halloween fix, get a fix of all things spooky between November 1st and October 31st, subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star review, share it with your friends, stay connected, and let's do it all again in two weeks. So, um, Luis, thank you so much for being on here tonight. Jeff, thank you for reminding us of the special, special monumental moment that we had here tonight. But is there one other thing that our listeners need to do in the meantime outside of everything I just ran down? The, there's actually two things. Two, you say? Mm-hmm. Oh, we're moving on up. Tell me more. I'm stealing a line from you. Okay. Be kind to one another and stay yes. spooky. And I know you hear us. The I Know You Hear Me podcast is a presentation of Flynn Hendricks Enterprises. We thank you for tuning in this week, and we hope you'll check out our sponsors and advertisers. Make sure you check us out next week as we come back at the same time with another awesome episode.